At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Reggae Lover Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Reggae Lover, your boy Khalil Wanda in the building. And I'm Agard, what up people? Thank you for joining us. Um, today's episode is one that we felt we, we just had to record. Um, first of all, I know it's uh, a little time past now, but rest in peace to Robbie Shakespeare and... Mm-hmm. Uh, want to send condolences out to the family and friends and lovers, fans of Robbie Shakespeare. Yeah, man. It was a great loss to the music industry at large. You know, not only reggae music, but, you know, the the music fraternity across the world. Yeah, man. Indeed. So what we want to do is... And the reason why I found, found it necessary to, to record this episode is because I feel like Robbie was such a hero, um, such a cultural hero, a national hero, and he was responsible for doing so much. He did so much for just music in general that, you know, I feel like all Wagwan, you know, his, his, his mark that he left is, is almost understated. So, you know, it feels like, I mean, I was doing, you know, some Google searches and looking online at what, let's for just for example, what's listed on Wikipedia. Um, and it's like, it doesn't begin to encompass the magnitude of the impact of, you know, this man's musical career. So, you know, we're just going to kind of give you our version of, uh, of a tribute you know, just give mm-hmm. you some facts and, um, you know, obviously you'll fully get our reaction to, to his passing and, you know, his impact on us personally, um, you know, as lovers of the music and selectors and everything. Yeah, man. And, um, you know, when I was younger, you know, before I knew who um, Robbie Shakespeare was or Sly Dunbar, you know, I mean, I always heard Sly and Robbie and Taxi Gang, you know. For a while, when I was younger, I didn't know that they were the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but I feel like the 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 formative years of me listening to dancehall music and reggae music in general were heavily influenced by them without me even knowing it. You know, um, you know, there was a time I would say in the mid to late eighties and early nineties, and some some beyond, where 
I would say 90% of the hits that I was listening to were produced or contributed to in some form by those two, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, you know, they were, you know, according to them, you know, they played a role in over 200,000 recordings. Insane. <laughs> so if you think about that, I mean, that's bigger than entire, you know, sound system libraries <laughs> right there. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, some people have more music than that, but I'm just saying that's a whole lot yeah. of music right there. Mm -hmm. And it's not just reggae. It's not just reggae at all. So let's get into it, man. Um, well, yeah, you talked about your early memories. You know, let, let me start there, too. You know, for me, Sly and Robbie is and was a household name in my house. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. and my, my parents are in no means necessarily could be considered insiders. I mean, my dad did play with a band, you know what I'm saying? Like in Guyana, he played guitar and everything like that, but. <laughs> okay. Never knew that. Yeah. You know, that's some history right there, but you know, I just remember just hearing their name, just being thrown around Sly and Robbie, Sly and Robbie, Sly and Robbie, this and that you understand. And so it was just like a household name um, when it came to music. But then, yeah, you know, like you said, uh, it's just there's so many tracks and stuff like that throughout the years that I've seen their names on, their names listed on, you know, in their involvement. I never had a chance to sit down and really digest the whole thing and really meditate on what what they are and what they really mean, what they've meant. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I feel weird because anytime I hear something like that, I think like, damn, how much money did they make in their lifetime? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I don't mean to, you know, bring it there, but that's an incredible uh, body of work, you know? Yeah. And, you know, we always talk about the business of reggae and, mm -hmm. you know, how like, you know, 85 to 95% of everybody gets shafted <laughs> and they get robbed yep. out of their money. And they're due royalties and things of that nature, uh, you know. So, but these guys, you know, in addition to their exploits with Jamaican music, again, they've their name has been called by modern, international, you know, gold-selling, platinum-selling acts. You know what I'm saying? So just to touch on that list, I mean, I'm talking people like Paris Hilton, have called their name, you know, they played with groups like No Doubt, Madonna, you know what I'm saying? And there's a longer list. So let me give you some history. You see, I have on my Studio One hat today. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What items I, I was able to bring back from Japan, right? Yeah, man. Shout out to uh, Turner, King Ryukyu Sam, you know, had the Studio One hats in the yeah, shop man. back in Okinawa. Yeah, man. Um, so this story begins really in the 60s, you know what I'm saying? I think Shakespeare, Shakespeare was born in what, uh, 53? 53. 53. Mm -hmm. So he was 68 you know, when he passed this um, last December <clears throat> 2021. But, um, you know, coming out of Eastern Kingston and his elder brother played in a band. So he was drawn towards music, you know. One story I saw said he left home at like 
13 or 14 or something like that, um, which is interesting. But, you know, he was drawn towards picking up his brother's acoustic guitar whenever he could and learning to play. But um, he was able to interface with Aston Barrett, who you guys know, um, you know, we had uh, Aston Barrett Jr. on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Aston Barrett, Aston Family Man Barrett is kind of like one of the OG, you know, fathers of of our music. <clears throat> he was a legendary bassist, was the bass player that played for most of Bob Marley's records um, for the band The Wailers. Um, but prior to that, he was in a group called the Hippie Boys. So it's when, you know, when Robbie happened to sit in on some hippie boys um, practice sessions and stuff like that. He saw Aston Barrett play the guitar, the bass guitar, and he was like, yo, I got to know how to do this, you know? So he's basically like, yo, I picture, you know, the, the Kung Fu movies, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where yeah, the, the master, student, the student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the student falls to his knees like, please teach me, you know? So it's that kind of thing. So he got mentorship directly from Aston Barrett, Aston Family Man Barrett. Now, that, I guess, went on for a while, and then Barrett eventually left the Hippie Boys to start playing with the Upsetters, which was Lee Perry's group at the mm-hmm. time, which eventually became, you know, he, the Whalers, or he left, you know, to join the Whalers. Mm-hmm. So Barrett stepped up, and Robbie Shakespeare actually stepped into his place and replaced him in the group, the Hippie Boys, at the time. So, I mean, he got like the excellent mentorship at that point, you know, um, he got, gave the attention of Bunny Striker Lee, who had, you know, his studio and everybody knows, well, you may not know, but Bunny Striker Lee, another icon who passed not too long ago in our business, mm-hmm. um, responsible for another set of hundreds of thousands of recordings, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. from a production standpoint. But his recording, his back in studio band was The Aggravators. And so Robbie played in the Aggravators. Um, at the time, Sly Dunbar was a drummer. Um, he played with the Revolutionaries. So Robbie and Sly kind of got together at this time where, you know, they both played on, on both bands, I believe. Yeah. Um, so that, those were, that's like the beginnings. You know, eventually they started their own label, and that's Taxi. Mm-hmm. I think it was like 74. And um, also at that part of the 60s, I'm sorry, the 70s, they started playing for Pizza Tosh, um, both recording sessions and touring. So the 1978 mm-hmm. tour, Pizza Tosh, you know, they were the band for for him. Um, and in 77, Under Taxi is when, like, they got their first hit, which was Gregory Isaac's What a Feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Big tune. Yeah, man. So we talking, yo, this is like the time when reggae music went global and just blew up. And now the sound of the whalers is going around the world. The whalers sound was very, how would you describe the whalers sound? You know, cause it was Barrett, the Barrett brothers, um, Aston and Carly, you know, Carly was the younger brother. He's a drummer. And he actually spent a short time tutoring Sly. I came to find out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, some of my research, what, what I found out was the way how, um, Robbie got in good with family man was he, he used to help, um, them bring equipment into the studio. 
mm-hmm. you know, particularly um, Family Man's brother's uh, drum set. Right. Um, and um, you, you asked me how would I describe the Whalers' music at this time? I mean, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a, a a a scholar in this area, but you know, to my um my memory, it's kind of like a it was like a transition period from from I wouldn't say ska, but it's like the it's like the beginnings of one drop. You know what I mean? Like right. mellow, it's got a ska type of thing going on, but it's not quite ska. You know what I mean? I guess that's the only way I would I would uh describe it, you know, later on, you know. I guess what they would call, you know, steppers now, you know, when it's like a little more of a trackle, you know, that's, 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 that was like the, the Rasta music and, and the conscious music of that time, you know? Right. Yeah. So now what Sly and Robbie, like their rhythm section started to bring in more, um, like a heavier beat, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Than the Whalers sound. Um, even heavier. Not to say that the Whalers wasn't heavy, but we're talking the deep drum and bass now um, with Sly and Robbie. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this is the, you got to remember um, Lee Perry's sound, you know what I'm saying? Like Black Ark Studios, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're talking some of the most ridiculous bass line creations, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Historically, music right here. Um, and then they had like the overt rock sound and and blues and jazz elements starting to come into the reggae beat. Mm-hmm. Um and this is kind of like the precursor to dancehall. Um, you know, the way that they just the way that the, the beat sounded, you know, in their music. So that's what really carried and, and you know brought it all the way to modern dancehall with, with the elements they added, like I know they added electronic elements and stuff like that eventually as well. Yeah, man. Uh, a lot of experimentation, you know, I was reading about, you know, later on, you know, uh, Robbie in the studio would experiment with, experiment with a lot of different synthesizers and, you know, all type of, of uh, what would I say? Um, sound design, you know, right? that type of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, for people that know about jazz, it's very similar. You know, they're incorporating jazz elements um, mm-hmm. and stylistic things that... um Whereas basically, you know, that's, I think, a great comparison. I don't know if comparison is the right word, but, you know, similarities between dub, rubber dub and, you know, dub music and, and jazz, where, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, it's the experimentation, it's always pushing the envelope, always adding something new, always going for something new. That's what they these guys did. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's like the whole... Um, our version of being technical <laughs> music. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to mention, I mean, we, we spoke about how prolific Robbie's career and, you know, Sly and Robbie, you know, it's like, you can't separate them. And it's interesting. I, I don't, I don't know if this list is complete or not, but I found a list of bands that he was a member of uh, specifically, okay. you know, Robbie um, black Uhuru, which I, I didn't know. Um, I guess he spent some time with Black Uhuru, of course, yeah. Lion Robbie, Material, uh, Joe Gibbs and the Professionals, the Revolutionaries, uh, Sly and the Revolutionaries, uh, mm-hmm. Compass Point All Stars, The Aggravators, of course, Taxi Gang, Black Disciples, Word, Sound and Power, um, Ringcraft Posse, uh, The Professionals, uh, Cuckoo Baya, and, um, yeah, that's, 
you know, basically all of the, the, the bands that he in some part, you know, was a part of, you know, not to mention his own production, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard like, um, even other bands. Yeah. I'm I'm sure it's, this is nowhere (laughs) near a complete list. Yeah. So it's crazy, man. Over 200,000 recordings. So, um, let's see, he, you know, he spent the time at the channel one. Um, he gained the attention of Chris Blackwell. So mm-hmm. eventually you got signed to Island records as well. So a lot of their productions were out on Island. So you're talking big budget music videos and stuff like that in the eighties, you know what I'm saying? Major promotion budgets. So in terms of the international accolades, um, Robbie, as Sly and Robbie have two Grammy awards, mm-hmm. um, nominated 13 times with two wins. So their first one was the very first reggae Grammy, 1985, the Black Uhuru album, Anthem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so to your point about him playing with Black Uhuru, and mm-hmm. then also in 99, their own album entitled Friends won the Grammy that year. So you're yeah, talking man. about winning the Grammy in 85. You know, Bob Marley had just passed away in 81. Mm-hmm. So this is like a very transitional period for the music. Like they were kind of, you know, the people that really stepped up and stepped in to keep the thing going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And since we're talking about Grammys, you know, you, you mentioned Island Records. Um, there's there's some collaborations that he did as well that are very noteworthy. Uh, did a few records with uh, Grace Jones, obviously mm-hmm. Peter Tosh, Joe Cocker, um, Sting recently in uh, 2018 and I, I believe that was for uh, 44876 that album I believe was also was that, that nominated yeah I thought it won they, they won the Grammy eh? yeah so uh, Sinead O'Connor um, mm-hmm. Carly Simon Mick Jagger Bob Dylan so Bob Dylan to many you know who are into folk music obviously you know is considered one of the greatest writers of all time um, Yoko Ono, you know, yeah. for what it's worth, <laughs> you know, um, amongst others, you know, and that's just uh, some of the international artists he's worked with. Right. You know, some of the favorite recordings or famous recordings, you know, one of the, one of the tracks that we talk about, we've talked about multiple times in depth, uh, Baltimore, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like that 79 hit from the Tamlins, who did a lot of work with Sly and Robbie on their label. I mean, come to find out the original version was a Randy Newman song. Okay. Which um, Nina, Nina Simone, Simone covered. Yeah. She did like a jazz rendition. And See, I didn't know the the Randy Newman part. <laughs> now I got to find that one. <laughs> yeah. Apparently that one is underwhelming. So, you know, then Nina Simone covered it um, in her style. And it was really the Nina Simone version that Sly and Robbie and the Tamlins covered. Mm -hmm. So um, I came to find out one of the, like, the main ethos of Taxi label was reggae interpretations of foreign hits. Mm -hmm. So didn't I know that, you know, but... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It makes sense. Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> because, I mean, like I've mentioned before in the show, there's a lot of covers that I didn't know originally weren't reggae songs. And yep. literally, you know, I was at lunch one day and I heard the Nina Simone version. I was like, what? But yeah, that song... I mean, obviously, it's an interpretation of the original instrumentation. However, you know, how they use, you know, the horns and, and the space and the bass. I mean, to me, uh, from, in my opinion, that's a perfect track, you know. Yeah. That's just that's my opinion. Don't beat me up in the comments. Even if you do, I don't pay attention. But <laughs> yeah, know, no, that's a track, yeah. you know, like if you have that on, you know, 7 inch, 12 inch, 10 inch, whatever you have. Like the the wax, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's a very valuable piece of music right there. Um, and you know what I'm saying? You're talking like the extended version. Uh, there's some B sides. Um, I I heard there's a B side with a, a DJ on it. I don't remember. I can't remember whose name. Okay. Um, yeah, but you know something to look for right there. <laughs> but yeah, the extended cut of just the rhythm and it's it's just bananas, yo. So that's a big one. Um, another one is Ani Kamozi's World of Music. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when everybody knows everybody in the world out in the streets, they call it murder, you know, which was flipped to Welcome to Jam Rock by Damien Jr. Gong. You know, it's one of the biggest songs in the world. And mm-hmm. again, the bass line there is just crushing. So, I mean, I could just leave it right there at those two. And it's like, you, you, you should get it. You should understand, you know what I'm saying? The powers of the, the rhythm twins and what they were able to do. Um, you also have hits like Sugar Minot's Herb Man Hustling. Again, super unique track. Nothing sounds like that song. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. The, the drums, like the, the intro, it's like, come on. Yeah, even the way the bass is. You know, I, I don't even know how to describe that, you know, because it's not a, it's like a, what do they call in violins? Like a staccato type of thing. It's like a clean, punchy bass line. But it's, it's That's weird because typical it, reggae yeah, it's like line. chopped up a little bit, but there, but obviously, you know, Robbie's doing that himself. It's not, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not like a computer thing, but it's, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, man. It's like a, a bubbling telephone chalice that just came <laughs> to my mind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right. So what else we got here? Um, let's talk about Jimmy Riley, one of the big taxi artists, right? So his single, Love and Devotion. Love and Devotion. Again, another one. Like, yo, know, when you play some of these songs, if you don't have the right speakers, you know, like it'll blow your, it'll blow your system. <laughs> like if your system isn't tuned right, <laughs> the baseline will pop your woofer, yo. Um, Jimmy Riley and Taurus Riley's, um, what do you call that song? I love the vibes and all the rhythm. I drop. I mean, I come. Yeah, music is what we got. I don't remember the name of the song. Is it one draw? I don't know. Dance the you so know, I'm, that not, rhythm, I'm not one for titles, you know, I'm, I'm vibes. I'm one for vibes, you know? Yeah. 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 But that rhythm, you know, we know the Al Campbell, you know, old people say, mm-hmm. 
and um, you know, there's a few few tunes in that. Sugar Minot, um, Sizzla, big rhythm right there. Another one, um, as you mentioned before, Grace Jones, her hit, My Jamaican Guy, mm-hmm. which is a big international hit from the '80s. Sly and Robbie, that's their sound on that. Go back and listen to that, guys. You know what I'm saying? Um, Dennis Brown, Revolution. Yo, all these songs you're mentioning, all I gotta do is shake my head because I mean, as soon as the sound, like I imagine the sound, it's 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 crazy. Like the hits. Yeah, the bass. You know, this is the music that may you know makes me wanna learn to play the bass. You know what I'm saying? Because as a as a listener, um, as a fan, um, and then you know, leading into being a selector, like this is what I hear. I don't hear all the other stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like when I, as soon as I hear this music, my ear and my brain gravitates to that rhythm section. That's all I hear is that bass line. So it's like, this is very visceral for me. You know, Dennis Brown Revolution, Dennis Brown sitting and watching. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, the B side, you know, the Rankin, Rankin Joe, Rankin Trevor. Probably Rankin Joe. Um, I don't think it's Rankin Joe. Rankin Dread. There you go. <clears throat> um, the B side. What? What is it? Styly. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. But Seaton and Watching, and then also Have You Ever, another one from the D Brown catalog. You know, those are some of his biggest hits right there. Most recognizable rhythms as well. Um, let's see what else they did work on the Catch a Fire album, uh, Robbie did. So Family mm-hmm. Man drew for Robbie Shakespeare to play on Steer It Up and also Concrete Jungle from the Catch a Fire albums. You know what I mean? Um, already said What a Feeling from Gregory. Um, and then in terms of dance hall, they worked with Shakademus and Playas, Beanie Man, Capleton, Innocent Crew, they did that mission. Did they do the Mission Impossible? That's what you told me. I never, I never verified that. Hold on. Let me just, you know, fact check that right quick. I know. Yeah, Sly definitely- and Robbie theme from Mission Impossible Taxi, nineteen ninety seven. Yes, sir. I done response for that. So remember, we were just we have. Uh, hold, 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 hold on. So. Sly and Robbie did the actual theme for Mission Impossible, like the original. The, no, not the original. Oh, okay. <laughs> not the original. The the dance hall. Yes, version. but it's called theme for Mission Impossible. Mm. Right. Um. So yeah, the Innocent Crew version song that came out that was them, and um, you and I were Foundation. talking about the other day about the Beanie Man song mm-hmm. called Foundation came out late 90s i think it's a many moves of moses album i could be wrong but look this song <laughs> so it's so funny i was talking to uh, my wife and i was like you know that song blah 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 because she you know she didn't know who Slime Robbie was so i was um, just putting her on mm-hmm. um you know you know the song i just said i see i send them their music you know Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, yeah, everybody knows that song. I'm like, okay, well, the, the line right before you see Selassie Ice is, you see Sly and Robbie, I just Selassie Ice and, um, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, so yeah, that's a big song. That song that just elevate up to our next level now because 
you know, he was giving them their flowers while they were still alive, both still alive. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's a big thing right there. But it's so true. And, you know, their ability to carry the vibe on all these different types of music. You know, you got dance music. If you check out their stuff from the 80s, there's hip hop tracks, there's dance records, there's rock, you know, there's just everything and, and a blend of, of all the rest. You know what I'm saying? Disco sounded stuff, um, you know, working with Madonna. I guess you would call that pop. Um, yeah. As well as dancehall. So. Yeah, man. I mean, my, my first... Like I said, I didn't know who the taxi gang was, but my 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 most vivid memory is first hearing, you know, the taxi rhythm. Oh yeah. You know? Oh yeah. I mean, that's when I think at the time I was a preteen. Yeah, man. You know, and that was that was running the world. You know, taxi rhythm. Yeah. The Foxy Brown. Yeah, yeah. That rhythm brings a lot of memories, ushering back. You know, the original. It's like a few albums just cut off a taxi rhythm alone. Yeah, man. Wayne Wonder singing over the Tracy Chapman song. Right. Because Anthony Red Rose on the original like taxi oh, yeah? song. The Unmetered Taxi. So that's a classic dance hall rhythm, dub plate rhythm that was so popular that we started to hate it because <laughs> it's like we've heard it so good. Yeah, much. man. Like, yeah. <laughs> Don't play the taxi, please. Um, yeah. But, you know, and there's different versions of it, too. Just like uh, most of the big rhythms. Mm. Sound like a thunderstorm is starting right now. So um, I think that kind of covers, you know, some of the history, some of the facts, some of the, the feelings, some of the emotions, you know. Yeah, man. And, um you know, just for everybody who, who doesn't know, like, you know, Robbie was 68, you know, um, you know, when he recently passed. So, you know, that's incredibly young still, you know, especially with a lot of these reggae artists, reggae producers, you know, a lot of them started when they were teenagers or earlier, you know, yeah. in the case of, you know, some, you know, Dennis Brown and, you know, Johnny Osborne and all these are Yami Bolo, you know what I'm saying? You have tracks where they're young, you know, Junior Reed, you know, young, young, young men, you know, not even preteens, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, Robbie started when he was very, very young. Um, his family was a musical family, you know, and I guess his, his house was the rehearsal spot. But, um, yeah, it's just a great loss for the community because you know when somebody passes that young you know you know he had at least 20 more years or 15 more years in him you know of of creativity so you know it's very saddening yeah man so what are the lessons learned so many you know i know you know i heard the stories about him picking up the guitar and practicing until his fingertips would bleed like literally mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so, like, he really, once he said, this is what I want to do, you know, he went 100%. He put 100% in. And um, and ever since he started, he never stopped until, I mean, gosh, you know, they never retired. <laughs> it's just no. like, yo, you know, maybe, you know, due to health-related issues, you know, maybe that that's really what stopped <laughs> what he was doing mm -hmm. in terms of producing music and playing music. Did what he loved. So, you know. Yeah, man. 
Yeah, man. And, you know, never um, be afraid to be, you know, out of the box. They were out of the box. They were consummate professionals, you know, Robbie especially. And um, I don't know. It's just the thing that stuck out to me was the level of collaboration and accommodation. You know, I mean, people like that, it's just kind of like as long as you, uh, I guess, fit uh, past the vibe check, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They could work with you, you know? You know, we've met artists like that in the past where it's like, you know, they're big household names, but if they catch a vibe from you, you know, it doesn't matter. It's kind of like your family. And that's that's kind of like the vibe and energy, you know, that I get from that, you know, from, yeah. from the stories that I've heard. Right. And I also just think of like the, you know, the new, all the new artists that have come out over the last three to four decades that either the artists themselves or the artist team was like, look, in order to do this, we have to get Sly and Robbie. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So they started out when they themselves were young, but then as you know, as they were older, all these young artists who they were instrumental in launching their sound, launching their, them into, you know, into the business, into the world. Um, just such a crucial ingredient in the music that we love. Um, such an irreplaceable, unforgettable part of, of reggae and dancehall. So, you know, we had to just dedicate a show because the impact is just unbelievable. It's just too much to... It's too too much to to be overlooked, you know. Yeah, and this is just kind of our nod, you know, because I know some people who are avid fans of reggae music will, you know, say that we glossed over a lot of stuff. Really and truly, it's just a, a, a salute, you know. what I'm saying to the man, you know, who helped to pave the way for so many others, you know, who still keep on giving us vibes, like some of the tracks that Khalil was mentioning earlier. Like I have a visceral reaction when I think about those tracks. So, you know, this yeah. is just us saying, Hey, you know, let's recognize these people when they're here, you know, and, and when they're gone as well and, you know, keep their memory alive, keep their, you know, influence alive. So that's, that's just what we're doing here. Yeah. And if you knew everything that we talked about, you know, big ups, but if you did learn anything, you know, I'll just encourage you. Yo, go and listen to some of this music. Go and research some of these tracks, and um, you won't. You, it, it won't be a, a waste <laughs> of your time at all. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be a good look, good feeling. You know what I'm saying? Just meditate on some good music. These are tracks like, you know, we talk about loving, you know, dance hall, sound system, culture, and, and juggling and, and clashing and all that, which is which is fine and great. You know, nowadays if you listen to that style of music, it's short attention span. You know, you get 30 seconds of a song and then it's mixed into another song. But we're talking about music that you could really, anybody can really just sit down and listen to, you know what I mean? Just kick back and, and just listen and get lost in the music. I didn't really mention like, you know, they have like dub out, you know, ton of dub albums and mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that as well. A lot of so instrumental collaborations with different genres. Yeah. Exactly. So there's just a lot there. There's a lot there. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, what's the quote? Reggae music, uh, you know, a list of international cultural treasures, which the United Nations deemed worthy of protecting and promoting. Right. Um, reggae music is on, is on that list with, mm -hmm. with the UN. Um, 
with me personally. It's the thing that's worthy of promoting and protecting. And so this is a big part of it. You know, we're going to be doing more similar things this season of the show. So, um, so st- stay tuned for that. Um, Jamaica needs to think about putting Sly and Robbie on the list, on the national heroes list. You know what I'm saying? That makes sense. I believe, uh, do they already have the order of distinction? I believe so. Okay. I haven't. I, I think I saw that somewhere. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. But, you know, if, if Rihanna can be a, a country's national hero, you know what I'm saying? Then, Mania, come on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No shade against Rihanna. We love you. <laughs> yeah, man. But, yeah, so, you know, that was our little nod to Robbie Shakespeare. Shout out to Sly and Robbie, you know, and all of their fans, you know. Um, what was I going to say? Forget it. Edit that. <laughs> yeah. Shouts out to Shereen Anderson. You know, that's one of the artists that I was kind of referring to mm-hmm. when I was talking about them making a debut and drawing Sly and Robbie. I remember um, Rory Stonelove, before he really started his own label and all that, you know, he did the Shereen Anderson mixtape and it was like, you know, it was Sly and Robbie everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She sang over that. She covered the movie star, different rendition of that rhythm. Beautiful, beautiful drum and bass. You know what I'm saying? Um, what is that? She has a, a darker shade of black rhythm. Um, Kingston State of Mind. Yeah, Kingston State of Mind. Yo, big music, man. Really, really, really big music. You know, mm-hmm. rhythms like MPLA, these guys are responsible for. I could go on and on. But um, just to give you a a taste, you know, over 200,000 recordings. Check it out. Yeah, man. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Peace. Peace. If you're interested in a sponsorship or donation, please email info at reggaelover.com. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash reggae lover podcast everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.